fourth watch starts now. Everybody, you're listening to the Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. I hope everyone's having a blessed week. Tonight's going to be an excursion into the political scene of deception that's consuming the masses as the 2016 elections are fast approaching. This is definitely an edgy range of topics which many people are not ready to hear about, but I implore you to listen prayerfully with an open mind. This is definitely a discussion that's worthy of note-taking, as I encourage you to research these things to validate them for yourselves. We've got a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and start the adventure. Submitted for the approval of the Fourth Watch Radio Network, I call this episode Staged Election 2016 and the North American Union with special guest Chad Riley of Truth Seekers Research. Well, it's Thursday again, and I'm excited to be back with you all for this week, and we have got quite the controversial show for you tonight. But first, a quick update for everyone. We're still moving forward with the ministry fundraising, but I have some great news I want to share. God has been so gracious, and so many of you have been extremely giving and sensitive to the work of the Lord. And it's with great joy and thanksgiving that I'm able to tell you that we have reached our goal for the Fourth Watch video server computer. So praise Jesus. I'm ecstatic and overwhelmed with God's grace and provision. And I'm so blessed to see the body of Christ working together to fight the good fight. I sincerely thank you all who have been so sensitive to give and further the ministry efforts. And I pray that the Lord would multiply your gifts back unto each of you richly. We do still have a few smaller needs left. So if you're interested and feeling led in supporting this ministry, you can head on over to fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. That's the number four. T-H-W-A-T-C-H-R-A-D-I-O dot B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. Fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. And you can easily give by clicking the PayPal donate button on the right side of the screen. And this is a permanent link for anyone. Anytime you feel led to help with the Fourth Watch Radio Ministries, head on over there, click the link. I know some of you are led to be regular supporters, and that means a lot to me as the ministry is growing and reaching more people. Also a quick reminder, I want everyone to get into the practice of not relying on Facebook and Facebook groups to hear the weekly shows, but rather utilize our main sites and resources. There's a brand new show posted every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the 4th Watch Spreaker page, Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, Spreaker.com. You can just go on there. You can search for the 4th Watch. You can go to the 4th Watch Blogspot page which we've already given the address for, or you can go to the Justin Fall YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to the auto-download for iTunes or any of the podcast apps, or you can just easily download the 4th Watch app for your smartphones or mobile devices for free. If you want the app, just search Justin Fall, J-U-S-T-E-N-F-A-U-L-L, and you can just search that in any of the app stores, Google Play or Apple. I just have a feeling that Facebook is trending in a direction that will make it harder and harder to share real Christian broadcasting, and I don't want us to rely on Facebook. 
Now, we've got a controversial show for you tonight, and to be quite honest, some of you aren't ready to hear this information. I need to give a quick disclaimer that this is not a personal attack on any of you. If you've fallen prey to political schemes and deceptions, this is still not an attack. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I mean no disrespect to you in any of the information that's going to be discussed tonight, but I'm trying to prove a very valid case for the realities that we're facing. Now, I should start by saying that I have always been a conservative Republican. This is a fact. I believe as Christians, our political views and our stances should reflect the Word of God, with no excuses or exceptions. I also believe we should follow the laws of the land as we're commanded in Scripture so long as they don't conflict with the Word of God, because His law always supersedes any law of man. We see this in the way that Daniel reacted with Nebuchadnezzar. But being a conservative Christian who heavily researches, I have found that we live in a time where the presidency has been totally hijacked and it's staged and controlled. There's no more difference between a Republican president and a Democratic president. The Republican candidates are going to put on a show. They're going to tell us what we want to hear as Christians, but then they behave in the most contrary manner to that which they promised us. We've seen this time and time again. Now, I'm not saying that this is always true on a local level, but on a federal level, in terms of the presidential elections, the Republicans and the Democrats are funded by the same backers. They oftentimes have the same advisors, and they are both controlled by the same powers that be. We've seen the presidential office being held by both parties back and forth. And just in my lifetime alone, while both parties have been purportedly in power at various times, we've seen the rise of internment camps on American soil under FEMA's jurisdiction. We've seen foreign troops coming in, being trained for United Nations martial law. We've seen privately owned land being stolen from its rightful owners. There have been countless abortions paid for by federal funding in many states, and I'm not even scratching the surface. All these and many more have taken place on our soil all the while we've had Republicans as president and Democrats as president. And with the electronic voter fraud being publicly caught many times, and we also see the pre-selected candidates for presidency, but before we go any further, I want to say that no matter what wicked schemes take place, no matter who is president, no matter how bad things get, God is on his throne and he is always in total control. You see, these things are nothing more than prophecy being fulfilled. And Jesus even told us that as the end draws near and the bad things seemingly get worse, he told us not to be troubled because certain things have to happen as the end approaches. But that means that we are getting closer to the glorious return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And his return and the knowledge of our salvation and our inheritance in Christ is an exceedingly joyful hope that we as Christians hold on to so dearly. Now, as we get into the discussion tonight, it's also important that we remember that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but that the powers of wickedness that are fueling these end-time systems and these end-time scenarios are purely demonic. Ephesians 6.12 And even though we will be exposing some pretty heavy topics tonight, we have to remember that we should be praying fervently for these people, no matter how disgusted we may get at their wickedness. And the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, many of these men and women don't even realize how wicked they truly are. Many of them are just living out their legacy as a result of being raised up in ungodliness. I'm sure I'll be getting a little fired up at times tonight, but I'm going to do my best just to deliver the information with the least amount of commentary. 
<laughs> I'm really going to try. So now without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome on my good friend, Chad Riley of Truth Seekers Research. Chad, welcome to the fourth watch. How are you tonight? Doing pretty good. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great. This is awesome to have you on. And uh, man, we got some exciting news. Uh, just to let everybody know, uh, Chad Riley Truth Seekers Research is actually in the process of being formally launched. And Chad, you're going to be uh, compiling research and you're also going to have it set up where people can contact you and they can bring they can bring certain articles and videos to you that you can filter through and you can validate. And one of the cool things is that Truth Seekers is an affiliate of Remnant Revolution TV and you'll also be bringing a field correspondent report. So we're really excited about that. I know BDK and I are very blessed to have you and uh, man and also uh, there's one other announcement that we can't make today but there is one other field correspondent reporter that's going to be helping us out with some things, and uh, we'll definitely look forward to talking about that soon. But tonight we're going to be talking about the election. And, you know, Chad, you listen to The Fourth Watch. You know I don't go political that often. I, I try not to get into politics too much. But at the end of the day, really, the political situation does tie into the spiritual situation. And so every once oh, yes. in a while, it, it's very important that we do talk about these things and, and Christians need to stay up on what's happening, um, who's saying what, who's doing what. But I felt like it was very important and very timely that we talk about the staged election of 2016. One thing that I shared with you earlier is that so many Christians right now who are awake, you know, they're awake to so many things that are going on. But when the election comes around, a lot of Christians, they start going crazy about the election. And they feel like they've got to pick their favorite wrestler from WWF. I've got to pick my favorite NFL team. Got to pick my favorite SEC team. You know, I live I live down in the South, and the SEC is huge here. I'm sure it's huge in Texas too. Oh yes. Everybody's got to have their team, and, and really that's that's what we're seeing here is that everybody has to have their their politician, their favorite baseball team, their favorite athlete, and. I hate to say it, but it's really, it, it ties into the gang mentality. And I'm not, I, look, I'm not here to criticize anybody. Um, what we want to do is educate people tonight on what's going on with the upcoming election, some of the history of what goes on during election time, and how the Illuminati is operating their new world order in the election system in America. So uh, real quick, Chad, start us off. Tell us a little bit about the propaganda mind control that's used when the elections come around and some of the history there. Well, they'd have to get into Edward Bernays. Storm Clouds Gathering has done a really good video on this. It's called Shadows of the Government. He talks all about the whole apparatus as far as using propaganda to basically move people in ways that they're not even aware that they're being moved. One of the things that they did, it was uh, Bernays. He actually came out and got women to come down to a parade and had them light cigarettes and called it Torches of Freedom, and it was just all a way to get women to start smoking. This actually, this is really interesting because my brother and I, we covered this in one of our documentaries years ago. Um, he explains that because he basically was a propaganda think tank, Mm-hmm. And he had he had some ties to Nazi Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. And we don't have time to get into all that tonight, but he was utilized in the United States as a propaganda think tank to literally do massive mind control projects or we'll just say experiments. But it, it really wasn't an experiment because he already knew that it was going to work. 
You know, an experiment, oh, yes. you know, you experiment on things when you want to see if it's going to work. They knew it was going to work. It was tried and true. And so what he did was he hired these women to come down to the parade and they smoked cigarettes. And then he contacted the newspaper. I guess it was like the next day or maybe that night. And they came up with this headline about the torches of freedom. Mm-hmm. And it was all just deployed to get women to start smoking. And it worked. People said, oh, this is the liberating thing for women to do because now women can smoke cigarettes just like men can smoke cigarettes. Exactly. Most people don't even know what's going on, but what happens is they're affected by it. And then they're in turn giving into the propaganda machine with their behavior. Um, I've mentioned before that the election, it operates on what's called a Hobson's choice in psychology. I just want to run this down real fast. Um, some of you, this may be the first time you're listening to the fourth watch. And I've talked about this a few times, but you basically, you go to a daycare center and you've got all these kids in a room, and then you've got the lady who's in charge, or the man, whatever, and they come in and they say, okay, kids, we're going to have ice cream today. What flavor do you want? Well, the kids only have the options that are given to them. So they say we got chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Well, okay, that's great. You've now told us that we've got three options, but if a kid wants pistachio or Rocky Road, it's not even on the table. It's not even available as an option. So that's a Hobson's choice. It's a controlled choice. The elections are totally controlled choices. They're giving us, they're giving you Hobson's choices so that you feel like you've got a hand in the matter. Exactly. So at the end of the day, your vote, you're still choosing based on the Hobson's choice, the controlled electives that they bring to you. Now we believe, I know Chad and I both, we believe that your vote does not matter. Um, even in college, even in high school, middle school, we were always taught it was the electoral votes that matter. It's, it's not the, the popular vote. But now we're finding out that it's not even the electoral votes that matter, but that it's all staged. Whoever's the president is going to get placed into that position by the powers that be. You've got the Bilderberg Group. You've got decisions being made at Bohemian Grove. You've got, I mean, goodness gracious, we've got these elite people who are, they're puppet masters. They're literally taking the people that they want, they're putting them into place, all based on their agenda and based on who they know they can control. Yeah. And it's just like George Carlin always said, you know, you don't have freedom. It's just the illusion of freedom. Same thing with choice. So the question is, though, let's just kind of talk about the the staged elections. Now, obviously, the fact that they're all controlled, all the candidates are, are strategically placed, they're sold to us. That right there shows that it's staged. OK, now, yeah, you can say, well, Ross Perot ran back in the day. He was an oil tycoon. He had all the money. Well, if you have so much money, you can run for president. But the people that are going to be heard about are already selected. I want to go back to 2004 real quick. 2004 was kind of an epic election because you had John Kerry and George W. Bush. And George W. Bush had all the Christians totally brainwashed, at least most of them, that he was a conservative Christian, born-again Christian. Uh, he was led to God by Billy Graham, which his official story changed a few times. You know, one time it was Arthur Blessed, one time it was Billy Graham, so on and so forth. But what we know is that George Bush was a Skull and Bones member, satanic secret society that involves satanic rituals. We're not going to get into that tonight. But what we do know is that during that election, there was a lot of voter fraud that took place because they started to use those electronic voting machines. Yeah, they've. Uh, there was a guy that actually came out and went public and admitted that he wrote the algorithm that they were using to flip the votes. So everybody could go out and vote. Let's say you go out and vote for John, 90% vote for John, and let's say 10% vote for Lisa. 
Well, when it all comes down to it, at the end, all they do is run that algorithm, flips the votes, and Lisa is now the winner. She wins by 51%. You know, Jeb Bush got, he got his wrist slapped. He didn't get in, everybody's like, oh, well, he got in trouble. No, he didn't get in trouble. Jeb Bush did not get punished. I don't know. He handed his brother the election. He, you know, they said, they said that he handed it to Bush, um, in Florida. And, but what we find out is that this, this type of fraud was going on in many states. It was not just in Florida. It was all controlled. And I forget the lady's name. She was making the point that for every undesirable vote, there would be a quarter vote dropped on the desirable candidate, just automatically put into his, into his, his county. So this happened in Florida. This was also happening in other states. It's just, it's voter fraud. But what we want to talk about tonight is what you're really voting for. Because at the end of the day, I think many of, many people that are out there, I can't say many of you, but many people who are Christians, they're totally deceived about the voting situation. What you're voting for, who you're voting for. So let's, let's just kind of break down some of the scenarios real quick. First of all, what's happening right now in 2016 is it's kind of a recapping of what took place in 2004. George Bush, yeah. George Bush and John Kerry were cousins. Okay. Some of you already know this. Some of you probably don't know this, but it, Reuters picked it up. Uh, many of the other news sources picked it up. George Bush, John Kerry, cousins, blood relatives from both parties. So the two, what they call desirable candidates were both the same bloodline. They were both members of the Satanic Secret Society, Skull and Bones. This is on record. They both admitted it on Meet the Press. So right there, we see a control factor. Fast forward to 2016, and we now have Donald Trump, who's like the most extreme, quote-unquote, conservative. I'm, I'm just saying that for the sake of the argument. Um, I don't support Trump. But he's the most extreme of the conservative Republicans. And then we have the most extreme of the liberal Democrats, which is Hillary Clinton. Now, not only did Trump support her in different things, but Washington Post covered that they are cousins. Back when Hillary was talking about she may be running but hadn't fully announced yet, that finally, whenever she was about to announce, that's when the email scandal finally broke on her. And at that time, Bill reached out to Trump and had Trump step up, and he started to run at that time to kind of throw some of the limelight off of what was going on with Hillary in these emails. And also, he talked to Jeb Bush as well and told Jeb that basically, don't worry about it. He's not going to stick to the election. Eventually, he will drop out. So the plan, basically, this is behind the scenes. They're saying there's a plan. So Trump entering in the election was only a ploy to take the take the focus off of the scandal with Hillary Clinton. Yes. Now, let's just let's just say for a second, just for the sake of the argument, let's just say that Trump really is a conservative, which I really don't believe his lifestyle proves that he is. But let's just say that he's a real conservative. He cares for Christians rights. He cares about the life of unborn children. Um, let's just say that he's this guy that he's telling everybody that he is. Let's just say that he doesn't own the strip clubs and the casinos. Let's just, just throw him a bone for a second. He doesn't throw little ladies out of their house using eminent domain. Exactly. Let's say he doesn't fire everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even have cable TV anymore. So yeah, I don't, I never watched his show, but, but the, the point of it is, let's just say he's a good guy just for the sake of the argument because of the amount of money that he has. It's very feasible that he could rise up to power really quick and say, I'm running for president because he's famous, because he is a tycoon. All he has to do is say, I'm running for president. And then, boom, we know we can afford it. But then all the media catches wind of it. And then it is a media storm. 
And so the whole world is going to know Donald Trump is running for 2016. Even if he didn't have any affiliates in the Republican Party, even if he didn't have any connections, it's a matter of him saying it and then putting the money to back him up. So if he was a good person, which I don't really think he is, but if he was, he could do it. He's got the money to raise up, to not be pushed and and sponsored by any Illuminati. He could literally rise up and, and, and take this position of running, not the position of president, but fill in one of the candidate slots. But if he was good, if he did do all this on his own, the powers that be would never allow him to be president because they've already got selected who they want to be president. I mean, there's even talk that at Bohemian Grove, multiple presidents were, were, were literally said they're going to be the next president. They were told this at Bohemian Grove. We don't have time to get into all that, but at Bohemian Grove, multiple U.S. presidents were told you're going to be the next U.S. president and they were the next U.S. president. So Trump, if Trump really was a good guy, if he was self-made into the candidacy, then he still couldn't be president because he wasn't hand-selected by the powers that be. Now, with that stated, if he does become the next president, which I don't I don't know, I'm not even going to give an opinion on that, but if he was the next president, it would not be because he earned it or that he was voted in. This is something that I just, I want to make this so clear. Whoever the next president is will not be there because they were voted in. I I just I have to make that so clear right now. Uh, All you have to do is just go back and look at the history of voting fraud, staged elections. You also have every every president that has ever been. They always meet up with the Bilderberg weeks or months in advance before they actually get elected. Right. Right. And that's that's something that that really has to get stated. Uh, You know, and if if anybody doesn't know much about Bilderberg, I'm probably going to cover it a little a little bit more in depth. I'm, I'm hopefully I've got a connection with Daniel Esterlin. Um, not really sure if I want to have him on because it could bring some, some heavy persecution to the fourth watch. But, um, Daniel Eschelin, he's done a great job exposing Bilderberg and what all they do. So if you're, if you're listening right now and you never heard of Bilderberg or you want to know more about him, just look up Daniel Eschelin and see what, see what you can find because there's so much information out there and you nailed it. Really, Bilderberg, the Bilderberg meetings and Bohemian Grove, that's where a lot of policy gets set. And, and I'm not talking about American policy alone. We're talking world policy. Mm-hmm. All ties into the Council of Foreign Relations and the uh, United Nations. Exactly. Now, okay, with Trump and Clinton being cousins, go Google Trump Clinton cousins, and you'll f- probably the top the top hit you're going to see is Washington Times. Uh, I mean, it, I I could never make something like this up, but it just goes to show the powers. And then you go back into the history of Trump, and you find out that he has been a Clinton supporter financially. He's been majorly supportive of the Democratic Party. But the thing is, is we're getting into the whole wrestling scenario. And I've, I've said this before, but uh, just think about Macho Man, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Okay, some of you are going to have no clue who I'm talking about. Um, but he was like, he, he was one of the, he was up there with Hulk Hogan. He was one of the biggest wrestlers when I was a kid. You had Hulk Hogan, you had Macho Man and, and some others, but. And he started out as a hill, remember? He was a hill and then he eventually became a hero. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so what happens is you've got these wrestlers on WWF or WWE or whatever. they I don't even know what it is now, but it's all staged. It's a big show. They know who's going to win, who's going to lose. The wrestling is not about who's better than the other, who's got the bigger muscles. No, it's all about it's a script. It's just like a movie. You're going to get out there. Hulk Hogan's going to do A and B. Randy Savage is going to come in with D through F. And then Hulk Hogan's going to win. I mean, that's that's the gist of it. So they're up there. They're talking trash about each other in the in the pre-show. They're talking about how bad they're going to whoop each other for a couple weeks at the big event. And then they fight at the big event, knowing who's going to win, who's going to lose. 
They both get paid. And then afterwards, they go out and grab a beer together. This is politics. That's the gist of it for the for the layman's terms. Oh, yeah. That's politics. Literally, the, poli- the politicians put on a good show. But when it's all said and done, they're all working for the same people. And a true born-again Christian will never make it into the White House unless there was a miracle of God. But we don't have any evidence in the Bible to show that we're going to have a Christian president. Matter of fact, if, if everything is right that we're reading in the Bible, then we as Christians have to believe that there's never going to be a Christian president. I mean, look, okay. the, the end time started over 2,000 years ago. Okay, we have evidence of this when we read the book of Acts. Some of the prophecies from Joel started to be fulfilled. The end times began. So knowing that the end times have began, knowing that our country has been founded on a cult origin, which we don't have time to talk about tonight, um, I, I have confirmed that Chris Pinto is going to be coming on the fourth watch to talk about America's secret beginnings. It's going to be an awesome show, but we do have evidence that the founding of our country as a republic, let me say that again, the founding of our country as a republic, we were not ever founded as a democracy. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I just, I'm going to get fired up. But even in the founding of our country, there was major occult activity going on with the government and the founding government of our country. So we get into the whole idea of the elections today. I, I, I don't even want to get off track. The elections today, it's, it's like, they tell you to pick a flavor and then they have news sources like Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and they're set up to further the mind control. They're totally controlled and they're controlled in the flavor mindset of, well, I chose this flavor because I'm a Republican. I chose that flavor because I'm a Democrat, but you know, Fox is not even the conservative. I mean, I just want to make a point real quick. Mike Huckabee. Okay. So many of you love Mike Huckabee. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and attack the guy's character. I don't know Mike Huckabee, but what I do know is that he wrote a book, God, Guns, Grits, and Gravy. He talks about the Christianity of the South and how the South has still got good morals, which it doesn't. But he he goes into this spiel about the South, and he he got really uh, demonized by Politico because he said something that really – he made a comment that he was at a meeting in New York, and the women were cussing, dropping F-bombs, just like the men were. Politico spun it and said that he said – that the women at Fox News were trashy and that they were dropping F-bombs. And he was like, no, 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 I would have never said that. I love Fox. He even went out of his way in the book to say how good Fox News is and how Fox News is the voice of the conservatives in the South. I've actually got the video. I'm not going to play the clip right now, but I've got the video. It's out there. He was actually talking to, uh, what's her name, Megyn Kelly. And anyway, then Megyn Kelly looks at him and says, well, I just want you to know that we are the same. We do cuss. And she was talking about the Fox News girls. We cuss. She says we have premarital sex on birth control before we come to work. And then sometimes we come into work and we order men around. This is Fox. This is on Fox Network. And, and, and she's like one of the superstars of the Fox News Network. Okay. This is your conservative network, ladies and gentlemen. It's also owned by a Muslim. Okay. Part owner is a Muslim. The other owner is a atheist Jew who's part of the Illuminati, Rupert Murdoch. He at one point owned the copyright on the NIV Bible. We don't have time to break down Rupert Murdoch, okay? But he's been involved in major news scandals with Sky TV, Sky News, whatever it's called, over in the UK. But what we do know is that this woman, who's like the spokesperson for Fox, she's the biggest spokesperson, super conservative. She was just on Howard Stern a few years ago talking about her husband's genital size, her breast size, and she played a name sex game. She even uh, said that she... uh, this is disgusting, but this is this is Fox News. This is your conservative news network that you tune into so that you can be taught what they want you to think. Yeah, they're pretty selective on what they get on there and talk about, period. 
I know that about 90% of the news that I'm watching online, I would say maybe a vast 5 to 10% even makes it onto their station, period. But the fact that they would even have um, Mike Huckabee on there and he's talking about, well, no, I've never said anything negative about Fox. Fox is great. Fox is the voice of the conservatives in the South. No. Okay, what he's doing right there is he's he's living he's either A, living in denial, or B, he's totally lying to you all. To I con- would have to go with that. He's lying. He's lying because he wants to keep you in the dark. He wants to keep you pacified as Christians to continuing to tune in to Fox News because you still think it's conservative. You know, when, when Megyn Kelly was on the Howard Stern Show, um, he asked her to play a sex game, a named sex game. He asked her if she was ever attracted to women sexually, and she said, no, I'm not attracted to women sexually, but I might start with your wife. Now, th- this is the type of disgusting garbage that Fox News people are doing. They're, they're putting on a show when they're on TV with you. Okay. Then she, she goes on to Howard Stern. She plays all these sex games. She talks about all kinds of horrible, ungodly things, totally ungodly. Not to mention she's posed for a very seductive photo shoot showing her cleavage and leaning over in a very seductive format. And this is, this is Megyn Kelly. Okay. And she's coming on selling you the news in a quote unquote conservative manner, which it's not even conservative. And then she said that she would, in the game she played on Howard Stern, she said that she would have sex with Bill O'Reilly. These are quotes. You can go find this video. Okay? Um, this is your conservative news company. This is your beloved Fox News, who is telling you who the most conservative candidates for you to vote for are. Now, Mike Huckabee, everybody loves Mike Huckabee. Chick-fil-A loves him. Everybody supports Mike Huckabee because he's a great Christian who left the ministry to be a politician. That's another topic for another time. I'm not here to bash Mike Huckabee. Matter of fact, I think he, he comes across as a very nice guy. Okay? But here's the thing about Mike Huckabee. He got on national television and lied to you about the Fox News group. Why would he do that? Because it's all part of their control plan to keep Christians pacified. To keep you from knowing how it really works and to keep you wanting to vote for the quote-unquote lesser of two evils. He bono. Who benefits? Exactly. So I, that, that's, I, I just, I know I went on a tangent there about Fox News. Um, but I, I really want to talk about Ted Cruz because really in the Christian world, the, the you know, you've got Ben Carson who, uh, people are, are saying that they want to vote for. Uh, I don't like Ben Carson personally. Um, I, I think all these big wigs that are in the spotlight right now, I think they're all corrupt. I think they're all losers. Okay. I think they're all part of the Illuminati's plan to take over the world, to dominate America, to break America down to a third world country. So that we are reliant on government, so that we are living in the Agenda 21 control grid. I'm probably using some words right now that some of you have never heard before. Google it. Google it. I'm not even going to get into all that. But this is the thing I want to say. Okay, what? Ben Carson is a Seventh day Adventist. I don't think they're going to let Ben Carson in there. They've done everything within their power to keep him out of the debates, and they pretty well smeared him pretty good. Well, he said some things I agree with, but so has other people. But the bottom yeah. line is the Christians are doing the same thing they did for Mitt Romney last year, uh, last election. They're doing the same thing they did with Mitt Romney last election, period. They're saying, oh, he's a Christian. He's a Christian. Okay, well, no, no, Mitt Romney was a Mormon. Okay, that is a satanic cult that is very closely framed after witchcraft and Freemasonry. Okay, um, Ben Carson is a Seventh-day Adventist. Now, while they do hold to some biblical views on things, they also have a prophetess, Ellen G. White who wrote books that were supposed to be higher regarded than the Bible. That's a, That has the makings of a cult. I, I'm not going to say that all Seventh-day Adventists are, are, are cults. I'm not going to get into all that because uh, I've met some that are very solid in, in certain things they believe. 
But if you talk, if, if somebody's a Seventh Day Adventist and they're being honest with you, they're going to tell you that they believe that you're not saved if you go to church on Sunday. They believe that's the mark of the beast. Ellen G. White, who she's not alive anymore, but she's responsible for writing these prophetic books of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and they believe that is inspired scripture from God. So big big X right there next to Ben Carson, just based on his religious affiliations. Just want to say that. Um, some of you may not agree with me on that, but it's just like with the Mitt Romney thing. Everybody gets gung-ho about somebody because they say, oh, he's a true conservative, he's a true conservative. Well, Mitt Romney wrote the blueprints for Obamacare. Okay. Now, let's talk about Ted Cruz. And look, folks, I'm not doing, I don't like doing shows like this. I don't like having to get on a microphone and rant about these things. I really don't. But I see so many Christians buying into the propaganda right now and they're saying, oh, well, you know, we just, we got to vote for somebody. This is our election. We got to take America back. Let's just talk about Ted Cruz. People don't realize that he is a major script writer for the North American Union, the plan of the North American Union. And some people still won't accept the fact that there's a North American Union. They still won't accept the fact that the world is already being broken up into the kingdoms of the beast, the control grid. But Ted Cruz is a major, major advocate of the North American Union, okay? He was involved in writing some of the framework for it. He was on the Bush administration back when Bush met in 2005 with Vincent Fox and the Prime Minister of Canada. They met in Texas on the ranch and they signed an agreement of merging all three countries as one, basically, and it was called the SPP, the Security and Prosperity Partnership. And out of that came the NAFTA superhighway. We started getting an influx of illegal aliens coming through. All types of crazy stuff started happening. And the NAFTA highway was owned by a, a private corporation in Spain. It was a toll road. Well, I say it was. It is. It, it's a toll road uh, that, that just goes all the way up through the country. And it connects the countries. So we have some issues with this. We have some major issues with this because this is not American. This is not constitutional. And this is Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is all about the North American Union. You're talking about where Canada, United States, and Mexico are all one nation. There is no more United States anymore. Yeah, and that was 2005. Uh, They met at the Bush Ranch. Matter of fact, I didn't believe it when I heard it. Back in 2005, I was like, no, 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 there's no way. And oh, there's still people to this day that deny it. But you know what, what What I did is I went to the whitehouse.gov. Okay. I went right to the source and I found multiple articles about this. They covered it right there on the White House website. And so I'm reading this and I'm just kind of blown away. I'm like, wow, is this really happening? And it happened back in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really th- this stuff, the North American Union, it's real. It's here. Yes. Security and prosperity partnership. They try to give it a new name. They try to give it a facelift. And well, we just remind, you know, we, we remind ourselves about 9-11 and yeah, well, we need security. Okay. Well, let me just remind everyone 9-11 was an inside job. Okay. It was, it was a total inside job plotted by the globalists to take away our freedoms. That was part of chipping away the sovereignty of the United States of America. So 2005 rolls around. We've got this agreement between Mexico, Canada and the United States. Ted Cruz had a big hand in that. Now let's look at Ted Cruz's wife. Okay, Ted Cruz's wife not only was a member of Council on Foreign Relations, which is like 80% Jewish, by the way, which I'm not even going to go there. Just going to throw it out there, take it for what it's worth. But she's in that 20% of the Council on Foreign Relations. And 
anybody that knows what that is, it is a satanic organization. And there's even Rick Warren's been a part of it. There's a lot of these people who you can go read the members. They're, they're publicly posted on their website. But she's a Council on Foreign Relations, Connections, uh, working at high up in the Goldman Sachs, Merrill Lynch, Total Illuminati Globalist Bankers, Hustlers for the New World Order. You've this even is, got Hillary Clinton on there on video saying that we take our orders from them. Exactly. Ted Cruz, I'm just going to read this real quick. This is, this is actually off of Power of Prophecy. Tex Mars uh, had just published this. And um, he says, Heidi and Ted Cruz look to become the first couple of the North American Union. Senator Ted Cruz, who was running for the Republican nomination for president, was born in Canada. Okay, well, he's born in Canada, but he can run for American president? Well, I guess that's okay because we got a, we got an African in the office right now. You know, actually, we don't even have proof that Obama was ever born. So, but Ted Cruz was born in Canada. But it's okay because 2005, you know, we signed some papers and everything's cool. We're one big continent, basically, one big nation between Canada, America, and Mexico. So a Canadian-born senator is running for president. That's un-American in and of itself. But then it says his wife, Heidi, as a member of the traitorous Council on Foreign Relations, co-authored and approved the infamous book entitled Building a North American Community. Heidi Cruz worked as economic advisor for Latin America in the George W. Bush White House. Ted and Heidi can be called the father and mother of the North American Union. Heidi has worked for J.P. Morgan and Merrill Lynch. She was vice president of wealth management for Goldman Sachs Bank. We're talking about globalist Illuminati banking systems here that want to take away the sovereignty of North America. Ted Cruz is actually pro-immigration amnesty. He's a homosexual supporter and recently met privately with gay billionaires in New York City. A fake conservative, he is supported by Jewish radicals, including Alan Dorshowitz and the billionaire Koch brothers. He is secretly associated with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and former House Speaker John Bonner. Discover the astonishing truth about the hoaxer and deceiver. Tex Mars breaks all this down and goes way deeper. But this is right there on the homepage of PowerProphecy.com. You might want to check this out if you're a Ted Cruz supporter. And again, this isn't about telling you who's the best candidate, who's the worst. We're just trying to show you that they're all deceivers. They're all liars. They're professional hoaxers. And they're tying you into the game. They're using whatever media that you watch, whatever flavor of media that you like to watch. They're using that branch to suck you in. I just wanted to mention how that's that's kind of taking place right now. And this big, like, everybody's getting all pumped up about this, thinking that this guy's better than that guy or this woman's better than that woman. But they're all liars. Well, basically, I get this question a lot. A lot of people always come and ask me. They're like, well, you know, is this, you know, which is better, the left or the right? It's all, it doesn't matter if it's the left hand or the right hand. It's still part of the same evil body. It doesn't really matter. They're going to put who they want in power. And that's the thing is you got to keep in mind that whatever, whoever they put out in front of the left and whoever they put out in front of the right, they've already selected both of them. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. It's a paradigm. It's a left-right paradigm. That's exactly what it is. And I mean, it all boils back to Ephesians six twelve. Amen. That's exactly what it is. And people don't realize that. They say, oh, well, the people, it's the people, it's the people. You know, the guy that just came up and mugged me. Well, yeah, there was a guy who did it, but it's still dealing with demons and principalities. 
who are driving people to do these things. But our system is so fake. We have been totally frauded. If you want to know how the media works, if you want to know how the the politics works, just go watch this old movie with Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, Billy Crystal. It's called Wag the Dog. This movie hits a home run. Actually, it hits a grand slam. Bases are loaded, and it just it hits a, a total grand slam out of the park. It shows you exactly how this works. And, and go back to the last election. Okay, Romney and Obama both had the same funders. The same financial backers were supporting Romney and Obama. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. It just goes to show the controlled set. It's totally staged, totally controlled. You know, and who, and, who was whisked away on a? Uh, he was supposed to have been on the plane, but he was whisked away with Hillary Clinton. And who did he go to meet up with? The Bilderberg. Exactly. And that was the blackout. Everybody remembers the blackout when they disappeared. Yeah, the, all the reporters were on the plane. They were like, "Where's, where's Obama? Where's Obama?" It was a total hoax. They lied to the media to get them all on an airplane, get them up in the sky, and then hold them hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not a crime for them to do it. It would be a crime for anybody else to do it, but for them to do it, no, it's okay. They were just. Just playing political chess. You know, I, I saw a, an article that uh, somebody shared and I read it. It was pretty interesting. And it was basically saying that uh, this pastor had a vision or a dream. I forget w- which one. But he said that the Lord told him he was going to use Trump as a, basically like a Nebuchadnezzar. He was going to raise him up for God's purposes in this time. Okay, now it's too soon to say if that's true or not. But a true prophet is never going to get a prophecy wrong. You know, what sets a false prophet and a true prophet apart is that a a false prophet could get nine out of ten prophecies. But a true prophet of God is going to get ten out of ten. No true prophets of God ever make a false prophecy. So that's very important to recognize. I'm not going to point a finger at this guy because I I read the article. I felt like he he was very genuine in what he was saying, like he was sincere. Um, Could God use Donald Trump? Look, God could use any of our wicked leaders for anything. He used Pharaoh for a purpose. Okay, God can do what he wants because he's sovereign. And we have to trust that whoever does get put into that position of president, that God is going to use them for moving the timeline along. You know, that goes without saying. The political system in America, it's not God's. You know, he he has the final say-so in what happens. But we're living in the end times. But make sure that you give God what's his. Focus on God. Focus on growing with the Lord. Don't get so caught up in the in the in the politics and the politicians, because what's happening is you're being deceived into wanting to support these ungodly people. And when you vote for the lesser of two evils, you're still voting for evil. You know, and and growing up in Texas, Chad, you know, one of the things that people used to say, well, if you don't vote, don't complain. Yeah. Oh, they wouldn't uh, say that. They'd actually say a different word, but they'd say, if you don't vote, don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the fact is, I'm not here to complain. I'm here to try to hold Christians accountable so that they don't get inundated with all of this election garbage because it's all staged. It's all fraud. It's total fraudulency. I don't even know if that's a word. I just said it and it sounded right. I just I don't want to see Christians getting so tied up in all this uh, because Christians are, you know, voting for the less of two evil. And it's kind of like what we talked about earlier. It's like you go into a job and, you know, who's going to go work 40 hours a week? If they're not even going to get a paycheck. And that's what, that's what, when you go to vote, you know, you're going to vote, you're waiting in line, depending on where you're located. For me, when I went and voted uh, back for Bush way back in the day, I waited in line for like four hours. Four hours of my life I lost in an election that was totally frauded. You know, and I didn't care that it was frauded because when I found out that it was frauded, I was like, well, good. At least the guy I wanted to win won. But you see, that's a mindset. 
people want their conservative leaders who say they're conservative when they're really everything but conservative. Ted Cruz is flip-flopping on the homosexual issues. When he speaks to the Christian conservatives, oh yeah, we're 100% against same-sex marriage. But then when he's speaking to the liberal people who are giving him money, he says, well, it's just not something we want to focus on. It's, you know, we're not going to really focus on that. Uh, each state can operate on their own, which we know that's not true. The federal government's not going to give states the freedom. You know, if you if you want to keep your your federal funding, you've got to do what the federal government says. So Ted Cruz is just copping out. He's totally copping out in this. He's not a man of God like everyone says he is. If he was, you would see the fruits of what he's doing. You'd see the fruits of the spirit. But instead, you see something totally different. And I question anybody who would sign the NDAA and support Obama to further this agenda. Basically, with the NDAA, that uh, gives the president the power to detain, arrest, or even execute any American citizen without due process. Yes, you heard me correctly. He can detain you, arrest you, or kill you. It's all secretly, too. It can be done secretly, and they don't have to contact your family. No. Don't have to let anybody know. They could come and grab you in the middle of the night and disappear you forever. And you're dealing with something that's totally un-American. Totally goes against everything that we've been granted as freedoms in this country. Well, the Constitution's gone right out the window. Well, I remember even with the Bill of Rights, you know, the Bill of Rights has been completely shredded practically. You know, the, the military can now police the streets of America as police. Mm-hmm. Now, now, look, I'm, I'm grateful for men and women who want to serve our country. Absolutely. I, I am totally grateful for the mindset and willingness to defend our country. Absolutely. No question about that. But it's totally unconstitutional for us to have military hummers rolling around in our communities with armed military guards. That is totally unconstitutional. And we've seen it over and over. I mean, look at what happened right after Katrina. They were running around disarming everybody. I mean, they were going in without any warrants, just going into people's homes and just randomly taking their guns away. And then look at what happened up there in Boston after the bombing. Same thing. Unconstitutionally just going into people's houses, dragging people out at gunpoint. I'm sorry, but America is dead and gone. If you haven't realized that yet, you better wake up real quick. Well, I mean, this even goes back to what Al Cuppet said. And for those of you who don't know Al Cuppet, he was Joint Chief of Staff for over 15 years, worked inside the Pentagon at the highest levels of security. He's a born-again Christian. He's retired now. And he's spoken out. He wrote a book called America Has Sold Out. Uh, the New World Order is the operation that runs this country at this point. Literally, it is the operation that runs this entire country. We're not sovereign anymore. Freedoms are being thrown out the window. Uh, there was a kid in Texas that got arrested for a joint of marijuana back when Bush was in office, and they hit him with the Patriot Act and charged him with a weapon of mass destruction. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going on, and, and this goes back, this really goes back even to Reagan. A lot of people want to act like Reagan was just a really good guy, and, and, and granted, he, he did some good. But when he tried to go against the New World Order, you know, he didn't know how it operated. You see, Reagan was an actor. He had no idea how politics really worked, okay? And so he didn't realize it was all totally controlled by the New World Order. And so Reagan comes into play, probably thinking it's going to be like the movies. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to give him some credit here. And he started to go against the orders he was given. And so what do they do? They shoot him. Now, they didn't attempt to take his life. You see, that's the story. The story was is that there was an attempt on Reagan's life. 
But what happened was they had a professionally trained sniper shoot him in the right spot just to injure him so that they could crack their knuckles in his face and tell him, hey, you get one more chance. Stop going against our orders or we're going to kill you. That was with Reagan. But Reagan was involved in some pretty messed up stuff behind the scenes. Okay, we're not even going to get into the fact that he and his wife were seeing, uh, you know, having witches come into the, to the White House to perform seances. Okay, we're not going to get into the fact that he made decisions based on an astrologist. Okay, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into the fingernail clippings used in, in satanic rituals. Like, we're just going to totally avoid all that to say that Reagan put on a really good persona. He had everybody fooled. And even to this day, people still quote Reagan as if he was like the last true patriot that our country ever had. Okay, and it's just not the case. I'm not here to bash Reagan. I think he did a lot of good. But I'm just making the point that the New World Order has been controlling things even back then. It's like they say, well, as soon as Reagan was out, you know, everything went down the hill. No, it really didn't. They were using him as a puppet, just like they're using everybody else. He was playing his part, just like all the rest. Exactly. You know, and and I'm sorry, some of you have probably already turned this show off because you don't like hearing this or you just wanted to hear about aliens and Nephilim or demons. Hey, look, this is still dealing with the spiritual war because this is the deception that's pulling Christians away from their focus on God. And it's causing them to focus on these lies. They're buying into the lies of the system of election. So that's why I want to talk about this. I feel like this is very important, you know, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but there's so much fraud going on right now, uh, you know, and, and voting. You're like, well, I can still I got to vote for the, the lesser of two evils. Um, you're still voting for evil. So why would you, you know, people that they know this and they still want to vote. It's like they're 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 just going through the motions because it's like it, it's like that movie. It Stephen King's movie. It with the clowns. I remember I'll never forget that scene where there's this kid who's like hypochondriac. I don't know what you want to call him. And he, he freaks out and then he has to take his asthma inhaler and he has to like, and that's how he calms down. Well, come to find out it's not even medicine. He's just like pumping sugar water. It's a total placebo, but he does it because it makes him feel safe. As Christians, I get it. You want to feel safe. You want to feel like we still have a republic. You want to feel like your vote matters. You want to feel like good people could still be a president. But the evidence is showing us to the contrary. I remember at my old church, I'll never forget driving in and and parking my car on a Sunday morning. And Chad, this was crazy, man. You got all these cars and you've got like all the stickers, you know, like like, like the cars, all the people are totally being pimped out by their candidate of choice. And this is, this is a, at the Baptist church I used to go to. You just walk through the parking lot and it's just like all the backs of the cars are just tricked out with stickers. Like it was hardcore. Everybody was taking a stance for whoever they wanted to vote for. And you saw both. You saw tons of Obama stickers too at a Baptist church. You know, but you see, we have to be careful and say, oh, well, those people aren't Christian because they're voting for Obama. No, people are deceived on both sides of the spectrum. But I'll say this, there are plenty of Christians that still said they voted for Obama because he was black and they wanted to see some changes. They wanted to see equality. And so a lot of people are on record saying they voted for him because he was half black or whatever, even though he was for killing babies, even though he was for homosexual marriage. They still wanted to vote for him because he was black. Even like Albright just recently came out and said that uh, there's a special place in hell for women that don't support Hillary. You got to vote for Hillary because she's a woman. You know, oh, yeah. you got to vote for Obama because he's half black. Now, I'm going to say this last little bit, okay? Because some of you are still thinking, you know, I, I remember when Obama got in office and people were posting these memes all over Facebook. It was a picture of George Bush waving, looking real stupid, looking like the deceiver that he is. And George W is waving with a smile and it says, 
Miss Me Yet. You remember seeing that one? Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, the old Miss Me Yet meme. Well, people were posting that, still trying to sell that George Bush was good. It's like they totally forgot that he had to do with the Patriot Act. They totally forgot Military Commissions Act. Totally forgot the SPP. I mean, it's like people just want to look the other way and they, they because they believe the lie about everything. So yeah, another thing is a lot of people don't even realize that the Bushes are actually tied to Aleister Crowley. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't take much to find that out. Look at Bush's mm-hmm. mom. She was a she was literally a love child of Aleister Crowley. Boom. Exactly. I mean, you see it right in their face. I don't even know how she's still ticking, bro. Actually, I know. Je- Jeb's still rolling her out there though, asking people to please clap. Oh, she's one of the most ungodly women I've ever heard of. Talk about a spawn of Satan. You know, and, and then, uh, but but real quick, I'm going to touch on this real quick. One last little uh, little tidbit here. Bohemian Grove. You got to look into that, folks. If you haven't done research on, uh, on Bohemian Grove, that's something that is a must-have bit of information. Okay? Both the Bushes were members of Bohemian Grove. Clinton, member of Bohemian Grove. Ronald Reagan, member. Jimmy Carter. I mean, I, I, I could go down the list. Obama, Okay. They all attend. Yeah, they all attend, and they run around. There's there's homosexual stuff that takes place there. Uh, all the who's who of American politics and even European politics, they all come. They're, Ritual magic ceremonies. Yeah, uh, they do a, 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 goodness gracious. Cremation of care. They do the cremation of care, and they say, oh, we're just reenacting an ancient Canaanite ritual of sacrificing children to Moloch. But we're really not doing it. We're just we're just reenacting it. We're just It's like a stage play. And there, there's reportings. Uh, Wired magazine talked about the men running around naked. Uh, well, they've even got Nixon on on audio saying talking about it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, it, absolutely. Nixon. I mean, this goes back far. Bohemian Grove is not new, ladies and gentlemen. This is okay. a resort or a retreat. They call it a retreat for the who's who of elites. They make decisions out there. The uh, the atom bomb, I believe, was plotted at Bohemian Grove. There's actually a lot of things were plotted out there. Decisions were made there to do certain things, major things that took place in our country. And you got to wonder, what was it that they were conjuring up out there that gave them a lot of these ideas? And that's the thing, guys. Uh, If you you do your research, you're going to find out that they are really doing a satanic ritual. They're sacrificing a human in what they call effigy. So there, there's some people that say they're actually really sacrificing a human, and then other people say, no, they've got animal body parts stuffed into skin, shaped up like a human, and stitched. So they're still burning flesh. Whether it's a human or not, they're still sacrificing a fire sacrifice unto Moloch. There's a video of all this. You can watch it. Alex Jones busted in there and, and filmed this. He's been highly regarded nationwide, even in the media. He's the guy that blew the door open on all this. So, I mean, really, it's not a long shot to figure out that all the candidates and the whole political system is a fraud. It's a fraud. They put on their makeup. They put on their nice clothes. They come out. They look like a televangelist, and they sell you on whatever it is they want to sell you on. They want to keep you pacified. They want to keep you sleeping. And, you know, what's really crazy is, like, the politicians, what they're going to do is they're going to find people that you can relate to. They're going to find your favorite actors, your favorite newscasters, your favorite athletes, your favorite musicians, and they're going to use that in order to get you to give them your support. I mean, many people will remember there was a band, um, I guess they're still around, they're called The Killers. They're actually a pretty talented group. I used to listen to The Killers all the time. And The Killers came out, and there's pictures of, of The Killers, of, of the lead singer, and I don't, I don't know if it's a whole band or not, but the lead singer of The Killers and his wife and, and some others, and his wife has her arm around Michelle Obama, and um, the lead singer for The Killers, I think his name is Brandon Flowers, 
And these guys are huge. The Killers are like huge. They were at least. They were a major band. And they're Mormon. The lead singer is a Mormon. And here he is. He, he I saw an interview and he, he basically explains that because one of his family members was, was friends with a politician, he did some campaigning for that politician in Nevada. And he also campaigned for Mitt Romney because he's a Mormon. But then we see pictures of him with Obama. And you see Obama, he said that Obama's people were pressuring him. This is a musician here, a famous rock star, said he was pressured on both sides to campaign for Obama and to campaign for Romney. This is how they work. They find people trying to connect with different generations and they say, boom, we want you. We want you to come and campaign for us. Because it just, it creates these little connections. And the same thing happens with pastors. You know, they try to connect with conservative pastors, conservative Baptists, conservative Christians, whatever. And by connecting with these conservatives, they're now planting seeds of trust in your mind and they're further deceiving you. So I want to, I found something really interesting. My brother sent me this article. You know, this is kind of off the topic a little bit, but we know that Jay-Z was taken and utilized by Obama in the last campaign against Romney. He even did a song. He changed some of the words of one of his songs where he says, you know, I've got 99 problems, but a mitt ain't one. You know, the original song says a female dog ain't one. I got 99 problems, but a bleep ain't one. Well, he redid the song at one of Obama's get togethers, one of his campaign events or something. And you can see the video. He says, I got 99 problems, but a mitt ain't one. Now, that's pretty messed up. He's, he's being used. Jay-Z, one of the biggest hip-hop artists in the world, is, was being used by Obama to get all these little hip-hop supporters to follow him. Oh, well, Jay-Z is cool with, with Obama. Obama's cool. He's the cool president. You know, Bill Clinton did something similar when he was campaigning with MTV. I'm sure everybody remembers the rock the vote. So, I mean, really, the music industry and the movie industry and the sports and even pastors and televangelists, they're all being utilized to get you to vote for certain people because they want to hit you where your heart is. Unfortunately, most people's heart is in the wrong place. But even with your pastors, there's pastors out there, like I've talked with the clergy response team, they're even utilized to push certain candidates on certain people. I mean, it's so clear. But this is this is the little off-topic thing I want to throw in here, okay? Um, we know Coldplay was performing with Beyonce at the Super Bowl. This just happened a couple nights ago. Some of you probably saw the halftime show. Now, you might ask, what's the Coldplay connection? Okay, well, frontman Chris Martin of Coldplay is buddies with Beyonce and Jay-Z. This is an article covered. It's actually a Super Bowl article that was written prior to the Super Bowl. But but this is crazy. The lead singer recently joked with late night talk show host James Corden about what it's like to work with Jay-Z and Beyonce. And I'm just going to read his quote here. This is so telling. And he did it in a joking manner to where people would just laugh it off. He says, you get summoned to their castle. Then you wait for about a week in a small room where you're just fed very minimally. And if you survive that, whoever survives that, you then get to go through to the next stage where you get to play tennis with Jay-Z. And if you beat him twice, you get sent through to meet the rest of Destiny's Child. He just made a joke about getting summoned to the castle of Jay-Z and being held prisoner in a small room with barely anything to eat. It's like a whole hazing ritual. I mean, why would he even say this? Why would he even bring this stuff up, Chad? They always telegraph everything that they do, and they always put the truth out there for anybody that has the eyes to see and the ears to hear. 
you want to become a famous Illuminati star? You want to be working with Jay-Z? You have to be summoned, apparently. Now, I'm not even, I don't even want to let my mind go on this, but I just. We know, we know that Hollywood has been tied up with politics as far back as it goes. I mean, they've been in bed together for a very long time. Absolutely. But just the fact that he would come out and say that, you know, you have to get summoned by Jay-Z and then you're kept in a little room and barely fed anything to eat. It's like torture. You're put through a hazing ritual in a dungeon, basically, after you're summoned. And if you survive, if you survive, you get to go through to the next stage and then the next stage. I mean, this is just putting the and they're, they're putting a, a humorous spin on it, but it's really it's showing how everything works with Hollywood and the music industry. You know, like we talked about with Michael Herr a few weeks ago, you know, we're, we're dealing with major occultism. It's like a hierarchy of occultism and occult rituals. And it's not just in music. It's not just in Hollywood. It's also in the news and the media. It's also in politics. You know, we, we can't forget it's the politicians that put on this pretty face, but then they get caught doing all this horrible satanic stuff in the background. So that's pretty much what's going on here. The 2016 election, you know, I, you do what you want to do, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm just letting you know, anybody that makes it into the finals, they are hand-selected for the job. I would keep a close eye on who meets up with the Bilderberg. That'd be your best bet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's one thing, even like with Clinton, Hillary Clinton's got very strong ties to Bilderberg. I mean, there, there's no denying this. Like, she has extremely strong ties. And then with the talk of Obama already having a position at the United Nations... I mean, oh, yeah. there's some big things that are going to be happening in 2016. And, you know, you, you can't get out there and say, well, this is a date. This is going to happen, you know, on this date. We can't date set. But understand that things take place in the spiritual realm that you might not see all the time. But it doesn't mean that there aren't giant shifts taking place. 2016, a lot of things are going to happen. Any any year that we get a new president, there are massive satanic rituals taking place on our soil. You can you, you can know that. You can take that to the bank. Oh, yeah. So I just want people to wake up and realize that it's all a big deception. That they've really painted a pretty picture. But yeah, you don't have to freak out or lose your mind over it because, I mean, you've got to put your faith in the Lord. Well, that's what it all boils back down to. You see, God is going to use certain leaders to fulfill his purposes. It doesn't mean that they're saved. It doesn't mean that they believe in God. It means that he's going to use them as a means to an end for his will to be played out. But knowing where we are, knowing that we are living in the end times, as of the book of Acts, knowing that we're we're 2,000 years into it, roughly, we can't expect that there's going to be some true man of God that gets placed into this, into this position. And furthermore, the Antichrist is going to be loved by everybody. You know, if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. It's going to be the Christians that are going to be hated and persecuted. You know, that's okay. Bring it on. Bring it on. Seeing how the Christians act every time there's an election, seeing how the majority gets so excited, so fired up, they think that, you know, they got to pick a candidate, gang mentality, just like with the NFL, gang mentality. My team's going to whoop your team. My daddy's going to whoop your daddy. That's the mentality of, of the campaigns, the elections. Christians get so fired up over it. They get so passionate. They get so involved, so invested in it. This is all they talk about, all they watch, and they feel like they've got to vote because it's their duty. And what we're seeing right now, ladies and gentlemen, with this election, with every election, we're seeing the beast system 
We're seeing the machine of deception totally filling the minds of the masses with lies. Focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Focus on getting closer to the Lord. Don't give them the attention and support that you need to be giving God. You know, my vote's going for Jesus Christ in 2016. Amen. Well, Chad Riley, thanks so much for coming on The Fourth Watch. And man, we're so excited to have you as a, as a team member on Remnant Revolution. And everybody, be keeping your eyes open. There will be a group opening on Facebook, which is Chad Riley Truth Seekers Research. And if, if anybody wants to contact you, Chad, if they want to send you information, if they want to make official submissions to you of topics they want us to cover on Remnant Revolution, how can they get in touch with you? What's the, what are the best ways to get you? Uh, I'm on Facebook all the time. You can find me on there. It's uh, Chad Riley, chadriley12. If you're my friend on Facebook, you can go to my friends list and just look up Chad Riley. You'll find him on there as well. And uh, Chad Riley is going to be doing a lot of really cool research. He's already been researching stuff for years. Dude is a seasoned professional researcher, folks. And we're going to pick the best information of the headlines and the topics that are going on. And that's what we're going to be bringing out every time we do a Remnant Revolution. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have Chad on board. And uh, please, everybody, feel free to email Chad if you've got any submissions of articles or videos. Send it over there to Chad Riley at Facebook. So with that said, Chad Riley, thanks again for coming on the fourth watch. And man, excited to at all. Just man, I'm excited at all that the Lord's doing. And uh, boy, Remnant Revolution TV coming soon. And uh, God bless you, brother, and have a good night. Thank you so much. Look forward to meeting all you truth seekers out there. Amen. Well, that was a lot to think about, and I hope you weren't discouraged by the discussion tonight. I realize that these types of talks can be upsetting, and as most of you know, I don't usually get into politics that often. However, it is important to open up a dialogue wherever deception exists, and I truly felt led by the Lord to discuss this area of research as it seems to be timely. But now I want to move us into some biblical edification as we begin tonight's Bible study segment. I sure need it after all of that. No matter how bad the world system gets, I want to instill the fact that our hope and our strength is found solely in the Lord. Many unfortunate circumstances have been recorded in Scripture, but one thing we always see with God's people is that they have a supernatural and unfailing hope in the Lord. And we must learn to fully operate in that hope no matter what spiritual battles we face, no matter what the enemy throws our way. And regardless of what hard times manifest in our lifetime, we are to remain faithful unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to live out our royal heritage. You see, God is on his throne reigning victoriously. He's already won the war outside of time. And nothing that happens, absolutely nothing that happens, ever goes outside of God's knowledge and sight. Now tonight I want to break down some elements of spiritual warfare and bring encouragement in the midst of worldly uncertainty. I think we all remember Job. He was the subject of one of the heaviest accounts of spiritual warfare that we see documented in the entirety of Scripture. Not only was Job spiritually attacked, but the attacks manifested physically and vastly shook his life. And to make the matters more extreme, Scripture tells us that he was being attacked directly by Satan himself. There's a popular saying, I'm sure you've all heard, God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, it sounds nice on the surface, but it's not a totally biblical statement. As a matter of fact, it's not God who is giving you these challenges per se, but biblically it's God who's allowing the challenges and he's allowing the trials to strengthen your faith. But the question is, how are you going to deal with it? 
How will you react to hard times and trials? How will you react to the spiritual warfare? Job is a great example of persevering through the fire of spiritual warfare, and we're going to be able to see some awesome things here tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about Job. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 give us a little background on who exactly Job was. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. So Job was perfect, he was upright, and he eschewed evil. This is important to understand before we go any further. The Hebrew word translated perfect is Tom, and literally it means blameless. So in God's eyes, Job was blameless. That's a very key element in the narrative. It also says he was upright, which is translated from the Hebrew word yashar, which means righteous. But what does it mean for someone to eschew evil? The Hebrew word is sur, and it means to put away or to remove. So, plainly stated, Job was blameless and righteous in God's sight, and he was known for putting away or removing evil. We actually see something interesting here because as we read the first chapter in Job, we see his children are partying. They're, they're getting drunk, they're having feasts, and it says that Job goes out to make sacrifices unto the Lord in order to sanctify his children. Just kind of an interesting little tidbit, and that would even go right back to the idea that Job was known for putting away or removing evil. These were the times before Christ, therefore it was imperative that sacrifice be made for the sins of man. Now, moving on to verses 2 through 3. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Of course, these are the ones we just spoke about. And it goes on to say his substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses in a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. So not only was Job blameless and righteous in God's eyes, not only did he hate evil and seek to remove it, but he was also extremely blessed by God. He has a large family. He's got hordes of wealth and substance. It says that he was the greatest of all the men of the East. That's a pretty fascinating title. So things are looking pretty good for Job. He's in good standing with God. He's got a flourishing family and everything he could ever want or need. But the story takes a turn really quickly. In Revelation 12, 9 and 10, we learn that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He literally is set out to accuse us before God. And it also tells us that he and his fallen angels were cast down out of heaven onto the earth. So Satan is set out to accuse us before God. And that includes you and me as well if you're a follower of Christ. And what we see here in Job 1, verses 8 through 12, is Satan going up into heaven, and he's looking for brethren to accuse before God. Literally, that's his whole purpose for going up to accuse the brethren, to accuse us before the Lord. And what we learn here is absolutely astonishing. So starting here with verse 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man? one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Now, real quick, remember that Job was blameless and righteous in God's eyes. But God is seen here actually recommending that Satan just try to turn Job's heart away from God. Now, on the surface, it might seem brutal, but when you put on your spiritual glasses, we see that this is actually a major compliment because God knew how righteous Job was and that nothing could ever turn his heart away from the Lord. Now, I'm getting just a little ahead of myself here. So God recommends Job to Satan as a target of spiritual warfare. 
And Satan responds to God in verse 9. This is what he says. Then Satan answered the Lord, and he said, Doth Job fear God for naught? So Satan is saying here to God, he's saying, Are you serious? Does Job fear you for no reason? It was kind of a sarcastic statement here. Again, we're going to see how this all unfolds. Now, verses 10 through 11. Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. This is a lot. What we see here, Satan's basically presenting a record of all of God's blessings and provisions towards Job. And then he starts to accuse Job before God by saying that the only reason Job is so faithful is because of all the blessings and provisions that God has given him. But you see, the accusation takes a heavy turn here. Satan says that if God would just put forth his hand and touch all that Job has, that Job will curse God to his face. Now, the Hebrew word for touch is naga, and it means to strike or to plague or even to bring something down. So the accusation is that if God would just strike down and plague everything that Job has, Job will turn his back on God and even curse God to his face. This is the accusation that Satan is making before God. It's a pretty heavy accusation. Job doesn't really love you. He only loves you because you give him things. He only loves you because you're providing for him and his family. He only loves you because the times are good. Now, in verse 12, we see God's response to Satan. And let me just remind you, God is all-knowing. The devil was trying to get God caught up in this accusation, and God knows what's going on, and this this is so amazing. God already knew what was going to happen. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. I mean, goodness gracious, God had the power to slap him out of heaven. He just gave him that old backhand right out of heaven, knocked him down. That's how powerful God is. (laughs) Here we go. Verse 12. This is God's response to Satan. I just get fired up when I get in the word of God, folks. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now, notice God doesn't give in to the challenge of doing the plaguing or attacking Job. You see, Satan was telling God, you do this. But what happened was God kind of turned it back around. Even though Satan was aiming at that, God never gave in to that part of the accusation. Many people overlook this element. But what happened was God basically said, okay, here's the rules of engagement for spiritual warfare. You can do whatever you want with this stuff, but you cannot touch Job. That's what's getting laid down as a law right here. But then we see a second counsel and a second accusation take place just like this in the beginning of chapter 2 where Satan comes back to God and he asks for freedom to be able to physically attack Job. Because he says, hey, if I could just attack Job physically, if I can mess with his health, he'll turn his back on you. And so God tells him, okay, fine, you know what? He says, you can do it. He says, go right ahead. You can touch him, you can mess with his health, but you cannot kill him. And again, I have to go right back to the fact that God is all-knowing. He knew that Job would never curse him. He knew that Job would never turn his back on him, no matter how hard the attacks were, which in turn became a total slap in Satan's face. You see, when we persevere and when we resist the devil, James 4, 7 tells us that he will flee from us as a loser. So when we persevere through the trials, it's like a big slap in the face to the enemy. And be sure to realize that Satan needed permission from God to do the things to Job. And on top of it all, we see that God always put limitations on what Satan could do. 
And just like that, even today, God puts limitations to what Satan can and can't do to us with his armies of darkness. There is nothing that God allows that we are not fully equipped to battle when we are in Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. There is nothing that God allows that we are not fully equipped to battle when we are in Jesus Christ. And this isn't just some feel-good quote, but this is actually a theme of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15:57 tells us, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the ultimate battle we could ever face would be fighting for your life. And we know that death is the result of sin entering into the world. But Christ has boldly defeated death. And he has granted us eternal life and salvation. And ladies and gentlemen, if death has already been defeated for us in Christ Jesus, there isn't any battle in this life that we are not fully equipped to fight in Christ. Not even death can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 38. And we've also been given spiritual armor for the spiritual war, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Now, getting back to Job, we just got a clear insight or a view behind the scenes of spiritual warfare. So God allows the attacks to come, but he's not the one who sends them to us by his hand, nor does he ever tempt us to do evil or to sin. For it is written, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. James 1.13 So God allows the trials. And if you study the story of Job, you're going to find out that Job lost his children. He lost his friends. He lost his wealth and his possessions. But he never once cursed God. He never once turned his back on God. Now, in verse 21, Job does cry out that God is the one who gives and he's also the one who takes away. But that's not any reference to God being the one who is sending the attacks. We can see this when we look at the context. And furthermore, this verse is actually part of a worshipful praise that Job is offering unto the Lord amidst the suffering. That's right. When we get to verse 20, we see that Job breaks out in worship. He's worshiping God even through the storm. So Job persevered. He persevered through more spiritual warfare than I can even comprehend. He had it all and he lost it all. And he never stopped persevering. He never stopped worshiping God. And what we see as the story concludes in chapter 42 is so powerful and so encouraging. Let me just take you there starting in verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. So God not only restored Job's wealth, but he made him even more wealthy than he was initially before the warfare came. And he also gave him 10 more children that aren't recorded anywhere as being rebellious like the children that he had beforehand. Now, verse 16, After this lived Job 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. So Job died being old and full of days. Wow! What an epic adventure of spiritual warfare and perseverance. It's probably safe to say that we usually don't see the blessings that await us at the end of our persevering. I mean, we know what our promises are if we study the Bible, but we still struggle and have a hard time focusing on the rewards and the blessings that we have in Christ. 
because we get so overwhelmed when we fall into a trial of fire, when our faith is surely tested. I know we've all been there, and it's not fun, but we have to keep our focus on the promises and the blessings of Christ and our royal heritage, just like Job. Now, I want you to really spend some time thinking about Job's perseverance through his spiritual battles. Are you remaining as faithful as Job did in his battles and trials? Are you remaining that faithful in yours? Are you being led to actually worship God more in these trials? Or are you finding yourself questioning God instead of worshiping Him? Are you focusing on your promises and blessings in Christ? Or are you focusing on the situation? Are you utilizing all the weapons of warfare that you've been granted by Christ? Are you truly staying grounded in the Word of God? There's really no way to keep your focus, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not staying grounded in the Word of God. Now, as we close, we have some very encouraging words from Scripture that I want to leave you with. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-9 through 9. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So right away, we're told to rejoice, even though we are in heaviness through manifold temptations. You see, the word heaviness here literally means sorrowful and grieved. When we go back to the Greek word lupeo, It literally tells us that this word means filled with sorrow, filled with grief. But what exactly does manifold temptations mean? We see two Greek words here that make up the phrase manifold temptations. Poikilos parasmos, which literally means various sorts of trials that prove your fidelity and integrity. We're dealing with various sorts of trials that will prove your virtue and constancy. Now, going even further into the language, really defining this, these trials are testing and proving the quality of your faithfulness and dependability unto the Lord. Plainly stated, these trials can have you feeling grieved and sorrowful, but they are building and proving your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as gold, as a precious metal, is tried and proven with fire, so is your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be tried with fire the same way. And your faith is so much more precious than gold, ladies and gentlemen. So why do we rejoice in these trials of our faith? Because these trials prove our faith, which according to verse 7, will be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now verses 8-9. through Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with the joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Although we don't see Jesus physically right now, we love him, and we believe in him, and we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And we know that our souls are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.8 
Praise God. I want to encourage you to just take a moment and thank God for giving you the ability to persevere in Christ, no matter what the trial or no matter what the battle may be. Thank Him for the ability to persevere. Thank Him for entrusting us with trials, knowing that they build and prove our faith. Ask Him to give you spiritual vision and spiritual understanding as you live each day in the spiritual war zone. I encourage you to pray for protection from the deceptions of this world that you might not be misled and distracted. And as always, I encourage you to pray for wisdom and discernment as you grow each day in the knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ Yeshua. If you're listening right now and you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua as your personal Lord and Savior, and you haven't accepted His holy sacrifice on the cross to pay for your sins, it's absolutely impossible for you to have a solid understanding of His Word. It's impossible to find protection from the demonic realm and the days that are fast approaching, friends. And furthermore, it's impossible to have peace with Yahweh Elohim, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua. But here's the good news. You can start anew right now. You can repent of your sins and have the wages of your sins paid in full. Now is the time to repent and turn away from your sins and make right with the will of God. You see, the Bible declares that we don't know what tomorrow holds, so we must take action with the time that we have right now. Repentance is the first step. This means turning 180 degrees from your past thoughts, actions, and lifestyles that are in opposition to the Most High God. Because of Jesus Christ Yeshua and His once and for all sacrifice, you can be forgiven of your iniquity and every sin you've ever committed. Yahweh is a jealous God, but He's also rich in mercy. And tonight, if you're willing to admit your wrongs and repent, He's willing to show you that mercy right now, friends. The wages of our sin is death, but tonight we can receive the gift of God, which is eternal life. But as it says in Romans 6.23, only through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no other way to come to God, folks. There's no other way to get salvation. You can't earn your salvation by good works. Fact is, Jesus Christ is the only way. Every other way, folks, leads to hell. There's no authentic way to the Father but Jesus Christ Yeshua. I'm so thankful that God sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross, a living sacrifice, and shed His sinless and perfect blood to pay the debt of our sins and the ability to be seen as blameless before God on that day of judgment. Let today be the beginning of your communion and peace with God as you're filled with the Holy Spirit and begin putting on the armor of God and growing into an intimate relationship with Him. It's the will of God that you don't perish, but rather that you repent and enter into a relationship with Him based on His terms. If you're not sure of what God's terms are, I want to challenge you to start reading your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, get one and learn firsthand what God expects from you. Christ is our only hope, friends, and my prayer is that you believe on Him tonight. That's the most important part of the show and by far the most important decision you will ever have to make in this life. Amen. 
It's been an interesting adventure tonight, and I hope you've all enjoyed this broadcast. If you ever miss a show or would like to go back and re-listen to an old one, every show is archived in high-quality streams on my website, fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. That's the number 4, T-H-W-A-T-C-H-R-A-D-I-O.B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T.com. Fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. There you'll find every broadcast dated and summarized for your convenience. Be sure to scroll all the way down on each page and click on the words Older Posts to be taken to more pages of archived shows. You can also find my shows broadcasted by the Fourth Watch Radio Network on Shoutcast, Spreaker, iTunes, or if you have an iPhone, iPad, or Android, you can download the Fourth Watch Radio Network app and enjoy easy streaming. For higher quality broadcasts, stay tuned in via fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com for all the latest shows. Like us on Facebook and feel free to add my personal page as well. If the Fourth Watch is ministered to you and you would like to help support this ministry, you can follow the link on our website. I bid you all a week filled with grace and peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you all next week. God bless and good night. You're listening to The Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on the Fourth Watch Radio Network.